See, I love top okay, can, I, can I bring my rat? Can I give my thoughts about entertainment? Yes. I need them. Wait, in English, 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 English. My thoughts about entertainment is a lot of the stuff he's saying is true. They're trying to destroy masculinity. They're trying to make us everybody pussies and females. They want to make us faggots. And he comes and he says the truth. Work out, get money, get chicks. If you are a guy, that's for you. If you don't have God, that's for you. That's my thoughts. Welcome to Humble Brag. I'm Nate Mandel, and I am joined today by my esteemed friend and colleague, Shoshi Ryder. Woohoo! Um, we are excited to do this episode. And the topic of today is actually a follow up on my last episode regarding Andrew Tate. I bear with me as I contemplate what I wanted to share on this topic because I don't do this often. The last time I recorded was actually at your house a few weeks ago. And one of the things that I felt was apprehension in posting that video. So I wanted to discuss some things that I felt like I missed. And of course, it'll be exciting to hear someone else's perspective and opinion on the same topic, and we can delve into it even deeper. Uh, sometimes when I record on a topic, and this is probably true for anyone who records, you get fixated on sharing a certain perspective, a certain opinion on the matter, but you forget about a lot of the other moving parts. So maybe we'll rectify that in this conversation. One of the first things I felt were apprehension and posting it because I don't believe I've ever recorded an episode where I'm talking about a person. Now, not to pat myself on the shoulder, like I don't, you know, gossip, but I certainly don't indulge in the uh, nasty delicacies of gossip heavily. Um, and I've always made it a point to stay away from talking about people and specifics because it loses from the value of ideas. I forget what the quote is, but there's like a famous quote, something about smart people, average people talk about people. Um, people and something and then talk about ideas right like place events and then you know ideas so obviously the higher in the and i believe that's true uh intellectuals the people we look up to the people we listen to are not sitting and talking about people all day they're talking about ideas and i've always inspired to do that myself and i've deliberately stayed away from talking about people until episode 80. Well, I don't think Andrew Tate is really a person. He's just a character playing somebody. And um, and you're talking about a movement. Isn't right. That so that's one of the reasons why I called it the Andrew Tate phenomenon, to right. try to depersonalize it a little bit. And I prefaced by saying that it's about the broader ideas that are taking shape behind it and the people he's influencing and, and all that. So that was interesting. I posted it anyway. I'm curious also to hear other everyone's response to the previous episode about Andrew Tate. Have you gotten feedback? Um, so one thing about feedback is that uh, my episode gets pushed out to all the podcast platforms. So think, uh, for example, like Spotify. I don't even know if Spotify has something like commenting on it. I don't think they do, which is a very healthy yeah, they thing. They do? Yeah. Spotify has commenting. See, I wouldn't even know. Another thing is 
I don't, I'm not on social media anymore. So I don't listen or read uh, online feedback. Sometimes I'll have somebody call me or message me privately, somebody I may know, and they may have a question or some insight on a topic that I recorded about. But um, I heard this from Joe Rogan a while ago. How is he able to, mental health-wise, how is he able to deal with so much feedback? Because anyone who's recording, anyone in any limelight, doesn't matter the degree, is going to take slack. Every person has a million opinions. So anything you share, you're going to catch slack for it. Um, he said one of the ways that he's able to cope so well um, smokes is, a little marijuana. Well, there's the THC that probably helps him, but he doesn't actually read any comments. He simply does not read them. So somebody like, for example, Jordan Peterson, a more emotional person, he reads and is touched by them, as anyone would. It's nearly impossible to to read hate, to read feedback, to read varying opinions on, on that scale and not be affected by it. I think some of the smartest people are staying away from even reading it. If somebody knows me, if somebody has feedback, they could email us. You know, you could do it in a formal setting, but that's part of what makes social media so evil. In previous episodes, I get into the whole social media issue, and that's part of it the freedom to just vomit all over the comment section, anyone, anything. Um, that's not the beauty of free speech. Let me just put it that way. Anyway, so I just want to go over some of the stuff that I feel like I missed. And then I'm contemplating if we should talk about what you thought of it first, and then go into some of that stuff. Or if I should just, yeah, let's, let's first discuss you know, what you thought of it when you listened to it, some of those ideas. And I think we're going to touch on some of the stuff that I feel like I missed that I want to put more emphasis on because the emphasis should be on the right message being driven home, right? Not necessarily just the defense of a quasi or mediocre, what I call correct message, but it should be the actual correct message. And I don't really make an effort to do that in the in, in the last episode. Um, so what did you think listening to it? Okay, don't kill me, but I didn't listen to the whole episode. <laughs> you didn't you listen gained, to that. Uh, you gained a huge um, fan because I told Avi, I said, I listened to part of it. I said, can you listen to the rest and summarize? <laughs> and then he listened to it and he's like, oh my gosh, everything Nate says is right. Everything he says is true. It's all true. Um, but I read the transcript because I can read faster than I can listen and um, I get I get the gist. And I think off the bat, one of the things, I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, is that is that the point that you wanted to bring to attention is how the media can can twist things, that that everything is pretty much false news, right? So whatever we've heard about him, whatever statements have been convoluted and portrayed to pretty much cancel him out and to and to villainize him but in actuality the messages and what he's saying um there's really no harm and it could be productive for people to listen to am i right yeah that was certainly one of the big points was the the fake news um aspect of it i would correct myself not that there's no harm if i if i did say that um you, didn't. I, you probably didn't i'm just 
I don't think I, I don't think I said, I don't necessarily feel that there is no harm in his messaging. Um, that's one of the stuff that I want to clarify here. The biggest point that I was trying to drive home, and this is something that very wise Torah people don't do and can't do because they have to stay away from everything non-kosher. You see, there's type, there's like a landscape, and this is where people who are willing or who take the initiative to step out of uh, the mainstream a little bit have the luxury to do stuff like this. Whereas, like a rabbi, people we look up to will not do that. The landscape is such that people who are promoting Torah values, rabbis, even more moderate ones. Some of the guys that I listen to, like Gedalia Fenster, people like that cannot support somebody like Andrew Tate because Sorry. he's not kosher in the sense that we understand kosher. They cannot support um, non-kosher things, period, because they're driving home the ultimate message. All right, let me get into this. Our rabbis, our mentors are driving home the ultimate message, the truth. Rabbi Nachman says that 99% truth is 100% false. There's no deviation. It's either truth or it's not true. There's no half truths. In Judaism and people who are into Torah values, we're learning what we believe is 100% truth, which is what we classify as kosher. So Laser Brody, Y.Y. Jacobson, any person that we listen to who are teaching Torah and teaching Hasidus and teaching watered-down Kabbalah, there's no margin for allowing something like Andrew Tate to be a half-truth or a half-good. I understand that and I value that. The irony is people like me, people like you are not listening to Andrew Tate. I listened probably to too long form just to understand enough. I'm not sitting every day listening to Andrew Tate. I'm not on social media. Can I'm I tell you how I discovered Andrew Tate? Because my kids were talking about it. I have four teenage boys and his name kept on coming up. And I and I said to my husband, who is this guy? Let me find out about him. Right. And that was very recently. Yeah, I found him when he was when I was still on social media. But since I've gotten off of social media, I'm not fed any of that garbage. My point is... Are you calling his work garbage? Everything that's shock value on social media, which we're going to talk about shock value, is a form of junk if we're talking about truth. So this is what I'm trying to paint. I'm trying to paint this picture where there's truth and the people that we look up to are driving home the truth. The issue is our children, your children are not interested in that. Children by nature are interested in fringe, shock value, things that are things that their parents don't like, right? How, how ugly that may sound. I know this because I was a child just a few years ago. I still remember it clear as day. I still remember the, the contradiction in, in, in parents thinking that they could somehow control their child into what they do and don't listen to and what they do and don't see, so on and so forth. Now... If you take an ultra-Orthodox family where the kids don't have social media and they're protected, they're not having conversations with their kids about Andrew Tate. It's only a conversation for parents who allow their children to have social media or they're in a world, in an environment where their kids have social media. Therefore, they're having conversations about Andrew Tate. So if we section off which group, um, which demographic we're, we're talking about, it starts becoming into uh, kind of like groups. We start grouping them. This only pertains to people who are religious, want their children to have religious values, 
conservative values, Jewish Torah values, but they allow their kids to have social media. So in that group specifically, I understand that kids are not going to listen to the mentors that we listen to. They don't have a choice but to listen to what they're fed. That's what they feed. That's what shapes and influences their understanding of a society in their time. So if it's between Andrew Tate and the alternative, Kim Kardashian, yes, listen to Andrew Tate. So it's an entire, it's an unnecessary evil, essentially, which could be a force for good, right? So think about your kids, for example, right? They're not going to, they're not going to listen to what's the guy's name, the Dafayomi guy that everyone's obsessed with. Oh, yeah. Um, um, shoot. Rabbi Eli Stefanski. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you get into him yet? I listened to some of it. Um, right. They're not listening to him. There's no interest. There's actually a lot of teenagers that are part of his movement. <laughs> that oh, he's I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, are your kids, are my kids going to listen to them, to him? No, not when they're teenagers. We hope that when they mature and they're adults, maybe in their 20s or teenage teenage years, upper teenage years, adult years, we hope that they make that transition. But right now at 10, 12, and 14, no. So in that margin, in that group, what would you rather? Because you could misconstrue for example, my perspective into like, oh, this is this is great. We should be no, you shouldn't be promoting this to your kids if your kids are not on social media. Of course, I can tell you what what attracts my kids to Andrew Tate, and the first thing is success and money. It's not taking care of women, you know, being the man, you know, you know that that underlying hushkup of we all have different roles to play. It's this guy is cool. Look at all of his cars. Look at how much money he makes. And he's all over the place. So he's being spoken about. The money and the materialism. So that, that this yeah. is this is why it's actually not kosher. You see, ultimately, the message behind this message for, for someone who's either gonna, you know, listen to Kim Kardashian or Kanye West or I don't think they have a podcast yet. Trans- yeah. Transgender. To that and check it out. <laughs> How about trans- transgender uh, influencers? That is a nightmare. That's also one of the things. It was that and all of the crap about you know what they were telling and I and because everything's on an algorithm, so all of my you know what comes up on my social media feed is totally different than theirs. You know, my kids one time said to me, they're like, I go into your Instagram and and it's why is it food and lots of fat people who've lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's a different experience for me. But what one of the main points of why I think Andrew Tate is so dangerous is because he's figured out how to reach so many people. Um, right. And I that's something that I haven't I haven't seen before, that he is so far reaching. And especially because he's um, aligned himself with being Muslim, being, you know, with that hashkafa, which is completely, you know, we can, I mean, you can get some liberal here who's um, pro-Palestinian and pro-Arab Muslim, and and they'll say the Quran isn't violent, blah, blah, blah. We all know what it's really about. So even if that message even isn't being given over right now, it will come. And he's made that very clear. This is, this is my religion now. 
you can't you can't look away from that. Yeah, I mean, if there's a fear that at some point he tweaks his indoctrination toward religious stuff, that's certainly valid. Uh, but going back to you say the examples that you use, so let's say. Yeah. So your kids, for example, love it because of the money and the cars, let's say materialism and money. This is why I'm saying it's not, ultimately, it's not a kosher message. But when it's that versus the transgender influencer, you'd rather that. And what's behind? No, I didn't say I would rather that. I didn't say that. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay. If it's between, that's that's one of my arguments, that if if it's between Andrew Tate telling you work hard to get a Bugatti, and a transgender influencer who's playing a video game and telling you to to cut off your manlyhood, you would rather Andrew Tate's message. Now, doesn't mean Andrew Tate's message is a kosher message. And kosher in the sense of 100% truth, um, it's not. But it still aligns closer to the messaging that we want our children to hear. Because what's behind Go Get a Bugatti? You have to work hard. And children are going to hit the workforce in a few years, and they're going to find out it's not so simple. And they're not just getting a Bugatti, even though Andrew Tate says anyone could get a Bugatti. The worst it can do is motivate them or make them sad that they were lied to. It's not so easy. Oh, I have to go work hard. Um, It's not just going to come from me watching your videos. That's materialism and money. He goes completely off the deep end when it comes to, for example, uh, the way that he speaks about women and marriage and stuff like that, stuff in those areas. Um, one of my thoughts are that, first of all, we are, we we have an we have a perspective on those matters that are so deep rooted in tradition. And they're so ancient and wise. Nothing comes to nothing comes close to it. No modern psychology comes to, close to it. Islam's understanding doesn't come close to it. And Andrew Tate's silly remarks don't come close to it meaning his understanding of 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 marriage of what a woman is the roles men and women play in this world i mean pick up a shalom arush book garden of peace women's wisdom learn the jewish perspective of it and you're not even in the same hemisphere you're not even playing the same sport so it's like surface surface it's so surface level it's almost irrelevant that's why ultimately if you educate your children to value real wisdom and real truth they're going to come around when surface level doesn't deliver, which it doesn't, it, it becomes obsolete. It, it runs out very quick and you find yourself, let's say, depressed or without a woman, so on and so forth. And all the modern social media tricks didn't work or your relationships are failing. Then you may, may, then you may come around to what is the real wisdom behind relationships and marriage, so on and so forth. And guess what? You'll find it in real Jewish teachings. So right. that's that's like the irony, but you have to have people who are willing to see it from both sides. Because let's say somebody like myself or anyone else who might support him, if everyone is just rooting for their team, you're overlooking going back, you know, ten years. Let's say in the OTD world, if you're just going to say black and white, long payas and and the Becca is the way, then you're simply not going to speak to the hundreds of thousands of people who have an issue with that and who are going through that. Now, I went through that, so I know exactly, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I still remember the, not the fallacy, like the the craziness in, in, in what parents thought they could just hammer into their children, um, how unrealistic it is. So it's the same thing now. There's, there's, no, there's no beating a rabbi into your children. Don't listen to Andrew Tate, you know, listen to uh, whoever. Listen to Laser Brody. Right. Not going to happen. Right. Not going to happen. So 
you have to have people who are willing to understand, okay, it's this versus that. Okay, let's deal with that. And then let's find ways to actually inspire kids to go to the next step and listen to actual people or how to frame stuff, right? We don't have to be for or against. Your kid says something about Andrew Tate. You say, okay, like in those areas, he's true. He says, get off porn. He's right about that. He says, get off porn. Stop watching porn because we believe that that's true. He says, stand up for yourself. True. But he doesn't know everything. No human does. And the Torah teaches that, you know, in the areas of marriage, he's wrong. So maybe he's right about some stuff and wrong about some stuff. Education ultimately falls on the parents. And it's the parent's job to teach a kid how to frame and how to make sense of information. What's the dog's name? Littles. You don't know my dog's name? No, I don't. You don't know my grandchild's name? I'm horrible (laughs) with names. First of all, I, I, I mean... My husband and I, as parents, we have very quickly realized that we have no control over our kids once they're teenagers. Um, kids today are are so opinionated, so independent. I mean, you're talking about um, parents that don't allow their kids to have social media. It doesn't exist today. In the firmest of homes, you know, it's everywhere. These kids will go out and buy a phone and have access to it, whether they hide it, whether they don't whether they still pretend to follow, you know, the mainstream, whatever, um, whatever it is, if you're Haredi or, or Yeshivish, whatever it is, kids know, and it's just, there's no such thing as having control, right? And right. If, you, if you start trying to put that on them, so I would never tell my kids, oh, you can't listen to Andrew Tate, or you should listen to this, like, it doesn't mean anything, it's meaningless. Um, it, it, it's only meaningful to have a relationship with my kids. You know, whatever, whatever's outside of that, that's up to them. Yeah, that, which is what makes, that's why this becomes such a tricky topic. And again, for the, for those in the mainstream, for the mentors that we listen to, and they would never even entertain the notion that the Andrew Tate phenomenon may not be so bad. I understand that because again, people like me and you are not listening to him on a daily basis. I may have heard just enough to formulate an opinion when I was still on social media. And now just to record, I watched one of the recent interviews to understand a little bit about what's going on. I'm not listening to that every day. I'm either on Torah anytime or Spotify listening to lectures, but it makes it, a, it's a very tricky topic because if you, kids by nature are four things that parents are against because uh, in some twisted way, it comes down in in the sense of like, I could almost still remember thinking that way as a young teenager. It's just like, if if the parent is against it, there must be some appeal to it. Oh, for sure. And my kids have said that, you know, and we're talking about like even more serious issues. You know, I have kids that, that have done things that, you know, are, are dangerous, you know, um, from anyone's point of view. And I'll say, and I'll, and I'll almost beg them, please, please don't go to, you know, in Israel, they have like, it's called Misibat Teva. And it's like these, big parties in the woods and they literally put like pills of ecstasy or Mm. I don't even know the names of things in water bottles and hands them out and who the hell knows what they do. And one of, you know, my daughter at one point, she said, you know, every time you say, I don't want you to go, it makes me want to go more, (laughs) you know? And, and I couldn't hop that on my own, like reverse psychology. I'm not smart enough, but no, like she had to tell me that. And then I had to respond. I didn't even realize, but there's just like, and I, it doesn't even make sense to me. And I have a good relationship 
I, I mean, I think I have a good relationship, you know, with all of my kids, it's just ingrained in them, you know, oh, my mom says, don't do it. Oh, I really want to do this now. It's an interesting psychological phenomenon, how that reverses itself as it comes down. But um, this ties into just education in general. I had a thought that I've been thinking about, which is that education is really, it's not education, for example, is not telling your child to or not to do something. It's giving, right? Love is giving. It's giving. And it's the effect. Education is really the effect when they mature, right? Meaning if you give your kid love and attention and everything, you're there for them, nurture, and then they're going out to party, they go to the festival or whatever, but you continue to give them love, so on and so forth. Educate. That's what matures as education. When they are 20 or 25 or 30, that is who they become. They become someone who loves and who nurtures because that's what they were given, right? right? Education doesn't really have anything to do with telling a child they can or cannot do something per se. Education seems to be what matures, the stuff that you gave that matures. In other words, the stuff that you give is what matures. Telling a child you can't do something is not something you're giving. I was just, and, and thinking in this respect makes you change your perspective a little bit. I was just telling my a sibling of mine who is still able to drink and maybe go to festivals and have fun, party, I don't know, smoke weed, whatever. It's always like, you know, people are always saying, don't, you know, you have to stop already. You're 20 something years old. I think it's kind of, kind of, in a certain sense, just the opposite. Do it, do it and enjoy it because you're not going to be able to do it soon. There's no such thing that you're telling somebody who could still do something and who finds joy in it. If your children are going to a festival, for example, and they find joy in it, there's no such thing that you're telling them not to go or that they're not going to go, for example, unless you lock them up, which you're not doing. The point is, maybe you can make the argument in the ultra-Orthodox world where there's like a lot more discipline, they'll get punished. But I'm talking about kids who are a little older. We're talking about in, in dynamics where it's beyond that already. Kids do what they want, right? There's no such thing you're telling them not to go and they don't go or they don't have a strong desire to go and they're going to go next time when you don't know about it. That's not happening. Right. Um, and especially for older people, like I said, a brother who's in his 20s, no, you can still drink every weekend or three times a week for Shabbos, get plastered. No, yeah, keep doing that and please enjoy it because I guarantee you that you won't be able to do it in another five years from now. However, if you want to try uh, to stop before it becomes so bad that you're forced to stop, then think about that. Because right. what's going to happen if you abuse it, it is going to get to the point either you'll end up in the hospital, you'll end up with heart issues, whatever, you'll be forced to stop. And stopping then is a lot more difficult than stopping early. And that's really all you could give over to another human being. Doesn't matter if it's a if it's a child or a sibling. It's just have fun. But understand that it will come to an end, and it's just a matter of how it comes to an end. Uh, your own will, or were you forced to? And it takes on a whole entirely different version of education, what it means to give over stuff. Well, uh, it's so interesting. You keep on saying the word education. I've never even thought of using that word. Ultimately, ultimately, that's all we're doing, uh, right? We're just, I mean, everything is education. What we teach our children, what we what we give to others, it's all education. And but there's so many meanings to that that you know 
of how to educate, I guess, you know, and part of, I, maybe I'm wrong, but tell me, I mean, what I hear you saying is, is letting them experience things is, is a part of their education. It's obviously a very nuanced topic. It's one of those like topics you stay away from because there's no, there's no right answer. And everyone has, an, every parent has an opinion on how they should educate and what education is. I like to think of these things as ideas. Um, old school way doesn't work anymore. Your children at 15 could do what they want, even if you tell them not to. They'll jump outside the window and, and go do it anyway. Can you edit this out? I swear to God. This is, I talk about not talking about people. Shalom Bear, okay, the other night. So he gets really pissed off that um, Avi and I, we told him to go to bed. It was like two o'clock in the morning and he wants to talk and he wants to plan this whole trip for tomorrow. And and Avi got like really upset. And he, like it's in the middle of the night and he wants to talk, right? And we're like, no, go to bed. So he gets really upset. I get a phone call at four in the morning from the cops. They're like, <laughs> I swear to God, they're like, come over to like the street, like three blocks away. You know, your son drove your car. This is Shalom Bear. <laughs> and he's with us. I like yeah. educating your kids. It's like, what the fuck? I can't educate my kids. He's fucking stealing my car. At, he's at 13. Yeah. You know, like we're beyond that. We're so beyond like education. It, it's like, we're just dealing with different issues. I mean, this is my own house. This is this that's is so funny because I did the same thing at that age. That was the first time I stole my parents' car, and all my friends were doing it. So you have to man up and thirteen. That's really young. Twelve, a thirteen, probably a thirteen. Yeah, I I took the car, drove to the to the bowling alley, to the pool hall or whatever, and my I friends. Drive. I couldn't, and that's that's all part of the the risk. But when you're very young and mischievous none of that matters but i literally did that and i got caught because my sister was coming home late from a wedding and passed me <laughs> ratted me out siblings, they're everywhere right someone's gonna catch nate mandel <laughs> ratted me out and um that was part of the push for my mother to send me away which ended up working out really well but kids that's what i'm saying like I don't want to get too deeply into this, but education, it's not what it was, right? It's not just discipline and yeses and nos and yes, sir, no, sir. It just simply doesn't work that way anymore. It's it's a it's a type of collaboration and a bigger understanding that everything you're giving is matures when they mature. And it's not even about today. When you have exceedingly abundance of patience for your child when they're being disrespectful and misbehaving. It's true that it was you lost today because ultimately, finally they gave in because you punished them and you made threats and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, they're going to mature to be a person who has patience. And that's what education is. It's not that you didn't let them take the ISIS at 10 p.m. because of sugar. It's that you stayed calm and had that conversation for 10 minutes straight, explaining to them why it's not good, blah, blah, blah. Then next thing you know, they're 30 years old and they're calm when they're explaining to their kids that they can't have ISIS. It's not even about the ISIS. But anyway, this goes into education, which is a whole nother world. So let me think about this topic. It's much more interesting than Andrew Tate, but let's go back to Andrew Tate. Yeah, let's. I, I want to try to understand if if I covered, if I 
clarified what what I felt like I missed in the last one. So because in the last one I was giving over that idea, there was two main points. Yes, fake news. That's just no brainer. Like if you don't understand that, you just can't trust anything online. That's the, the episode wasn't even about that. That's just like that's just so common sorry. sense to me. I'm but sorry. Fun. No, it's not even about you. It's like this is what people should be like. You you watched it on CNN. The default should be that you didn't believe it, and then go from there. In general, oh, anything, for sure. anything. For sure. You like you heard something on news? Okay, first don't believe it. Now start from there. <laughs> That's fake news. But then there was the the phenomenon of his him himself, and the main point that I was trying to bring home. But in this episode, I'm categorizing it more into obviously a specific group because it doesn't apply to to other groups necessarily. If you're completely not religious and don't care about Torah values, Andrew Tate. If you're a liberal, you may hate him and you may hate that your kid's listening to them, but, but that's whatever. Who cares? That's your problem, your value system. If you're ultra and your kids don't have social media or they don't know about these types of things, like really ultra, and then you have flip phones or whatever, that's not either a topic because you're not at home. Tati, uh, Andrew Tate, you're not talking you know, to your father in, in Yiddish about Andrew Tate. It's not happening. It's the group that's religious. We value Torah. And that hashkafa, we want our kids to, but our kids are not interested in it because we gave them access to social media and they're in a culture and a lifestyle with their friends and the schools that they go to and everything that they're exposed to it. Okay, so how do you deal with that? One way is to, you know, bash him and then your kids will listen to him even more and love him even more, love what he has to say and all that. The other way is to frame it for them. Oh, yeah, those three things are true. Those two are not. And if you look at the conservative landscape in media, the way that people reacted to him, the people who have a backbone essentially did that. Like Ben Shapiro on The Daily Wire, Jordan Peterson is being very careful not to say anything. I'm sure he has a lot of opinions, but he also says- Owens just did a big, long interview with him. It was very interesting. A lot of the ones who will give feedback on him will essentially say- you know, he's getting a lot right and he's still getting some wrong. And I may also think, I may venture to say that he may still change his opinion. I feel like he may, even on topics such as girls and women and stuff like that, because he does seem to be on a journey himself. Now, he may not. That may be his Achilles heel. He may just not, you know, everything else will find a way to make it work and he'll be stubborn in that one area. There's all, every human being has an area where that's their that's the dead end that's the brick wall and even though two-thirds of the world might know that they're wrong about their ideas in that particular area either they have a weakness for it or there's psychologically or emotionally deficient in us in in a certain regard and that's why they need it whatever it is but the fact is and like i said everyone comes to this on their own you're going to mature you're going to see that that mahalach and, and thinking about women and the value of marriage and relationships, all of that is going to fail. And then you're going to come around to understand why we work off of an age-old traditional system of how relationships work and the roles that men and women play in a marriage. I, because I come from being that rebel kid, that doesn't, I'm not, that doesn't scare me. It doesn't matter how in the sky I am in with, with religious ideas. I was just there 15, 15, 16, 17 years ago. I still remember it like it was yesterday. So I don't get scared by those types of things. I, I just, 
I just compartmentalize. He's right about two thirds of the things that he's saying and the message behind them. And he's not right about the other stuff and the stuff that he is right about. Maybe he, maybe it's not the kosher way to give it over. For example, you you know, in Judaism, I say work hard for Bugatti because we understand the Judaism, the, the insignificance of materialism, but maybe it's a good start for somebody who's 12 years old and has no interest in Judaism. Maybe it's a good start that he learns that he's going to have to work hard for a Bugatti. The Bugatti dream might slip away at 18 or 20 or 25 because he'll hit reality, but he will remember that he has to work hard for it. Maybe it's a good start that Andrew Tate's saying, don't watch porn. Maybe you need to hear from Andrew Tate because when the rabbi says it, it makes you want to go do it. You know what I mean? Maybe if a cool guy says it, it's cool. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And so what was your, what was, so you said that you. Well, I was just going to go back because you originally was, you were saying that either it's, there's no half MS, right? So, so, you know, I'll regal half us. You know, it doesn't matter. He's to me no different than the Kardashians. <laughs> it's all the same, or the people that have, you know, promote all this transgender bullshit, whatever it is. You know, it, which I I still don't understand. I feel like the conservatives have even spread it out even more. All these ideas by talking about it to death. So I feel like across the board, anything on TV, social media, any type of secular is all just for marketing. It's all just to bring in a buck. You know, I I, I don't think there's anything genuine about that across the board. That's, yeah, look, you're playing good devil's advocate, but the the response to that is that it's a set, think of it as a gateway. You're right. For people who are, are already tuned into the truth and listening to the proper mentors and to listening to truth, listening to Torah, it's, you're 100% correct. There has to be nuance in the people who are not. Why does Chabad have so much nuance allowing people to drive to a meal on Yom Tov? Now, there's a lot of opinion around that, but why did they create that nuance? Why did they create the the exception? So on and so forth. Because yeah, when, no one says you're allowed to. No, why it's did they? It hasn't changed. Of course not. No, no, no. We know, we know the semantics around the verbal execution of it. I'm just saying they accept it, meaning they accept it enough that they allow it to happen. If they're out in Mexico and you pull up for a meal, they give you a huge hug. Okay, They didn't say anything, blah, blah, blah. But we, we understand that they've created an environment where they had to think outside the halachic box. So think of it as a gateway. The way that I like to think about it is a, as, as a gateway. Ultimately, if you understand all of what we just discussed, yeah, so Andrew Tate should be a gateway for children to one day want deeper and more, even more meaning and come back to 100% truth. Because what he is saying, like you're mentioning, is false. It's false because it's not 100% truth. I guess what my question to you is, does that mean that if your kid is on social media watching what you think is inappropriate, are you going to point them in the direction of Andrew Tate? Oh, one sec on that question. If we think of it as a gateway, then you hope, then the then the purpose is that you're leading them toward a direction. And if you and if you think of this world as having two directions, left or right, you know, progressive or conservative, if you even want to, you know, box it like that, then you're either going to the right or to the left. That's why I say during elections, 
you vote for the party, not for the candidate. This notion that people will one year vote Democrat and the next year Republican is illogical to me. You vote for the party because the far the party you vote for the party because the party represents a certain set of values. Doesn't matter what the character of the human being is. We know that the characters sitting up top are anyway, in a certain sense, controlled by various other entities surrounding it. So it's not like the king. If you're conservative and you believe in conservative values, you vote Republican, period, end of story. These things are supposed to be gateways. They're supposed to be bigger picture ideas. So with Andrew Tate and children and your question, I don't have to tell my son to listen to Andrew Tate. If he has social media, he came across one of his videos. He's one of the most famous people and to the children specifically. Many adults didn't come across him. Every child did. If my son hears me bashing him, bashing his character, not even his views, because I can't bash necessarily a, a lot of the... If, if Andrew Tate says, don't watch porn or work hard or stand up for yourself, I can't bash them. So if he sees me just bashing character, it's just going to make him like him even more and act like him even more. Because we spoke about that, the reverse effect the only thing I could do is just guide. And when something comes up, or if I happen to see a video that he's watching, is and, and you just educate. He's right about that, wrong about that. He doesn't understand a certain part of that, but maybe one day he will. And you know, displaying that to your child, that open-mindedness, that first of all, you understand that they're watching stuff like that. It's not Gehenna, right? They're not gonna get struck with lightning. And, you know, he might look cool, but there's there's even more wisdom in this world. And I was going to say earlier is that um, the a lot of the conservatives like uh, Ben Shapiro or somebody who are reviewing him will, will say stuff like that. They'll just point out, okay, those things are correct. Those are not. That's all there is to it. And at the end of the day, that's the education. Ultimately, though, it should be a gateway. You want them at 20 or 25, whenever they get over the hype of materialism and this empty world of technology and, and, and stuff to come around and say, where's the real wisdom at? Well, so the rabbis that, you know, we listen to, they're, they're there, they're waiting for you. The real wisdom is here. And that's deep as deeper than the ocean. There's just so much depth in Torah and, and those lessons, but you have to be, have to be ready for it. When I became religious at 17, I listened to a ton, an absolute ton. I was obsessed with, uh, you know, spiritual education, and I would consume CD after CD. It created a a, a bedrock, kind of like a foundation that was so strong in Amuna and the, the the simple, complete faith in God and and spiritual ideas. It saves me today. It wasn't about then. Then I was just excited. I was learning something new and, and I saw the truth in it, blah, blah, blah. But it created a foundation that saves me today. When I feel like I'm having a nervous breakdown today, when I feel like everything's about to get lost today, the teachings ultimately save me. Listening to Andrew Tate uh, talk about women or, or cars is not going to save you in 10 years from now. So again, the only thing you could tell a child is, look, you may not be interested, but if you do listen to real wisdom, it's going to save you and you're going to need to be saved at some point. And the quicker you could get into it, it's not a rush, but the quicker you get into it, um, the easier it'll be to understand and, and so on and so forth. So thankfully I found it while I was still a teenager, because the difference between me finding 
spiritual education at 17 and 27 or 17 and 30 um, would be very, very different. I would probably turn to, you know, mainstream stuff, medication, sedating myself, um, just trying to solve my problems the way that the world tells you to. I mean, it's because of my education that I was able to avoid that and continuously so until today. So that basically wraps up, summarizes what I wanted to clarify on the previous one. What else is on your mind? <laughs> this is probably really hard for you to focus this this long. No, I love it. I love it. It's giving me a lot of food for thought. I don't um, look, we're not going to talk about Andrew Tate forever. Meaning in general, I'm probably never going to record another. He's so insignificant, you know, to me, like it's not neither here nor there, you know. That's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we want to spit out before, like I lay this topic to rest. I I think in, you know, with social media in general and um, all of these things, any type of, you know, videos, games, and I'm sure, and I think Rabbi Rabbi Brody probably, I'm I've listened to my, like, I can't even, I can't even talk. I've listened to my own fair share of Rabbi Brody and, and, you know, his, his cure or for, for all of this, you know, and the parents having a relationship with their kids is just spending time with your kids and taking them out, taking them out outside, just getting them away from that. So I don't even think it's like, you know, should they be watching this or this? It doesn't matter. Like, it's nothing. It's all entertainment. To me, that's what it is. We all use it as a form of entertainment, whether it's politics or news or philosophy that we're getting from Jordan Peterson. It's entertainment. We're we're wasting our time and we and we want that and we want to escape from our real life. And I, I mean, I could be wrong, but Rabbi Brody, he's like, well, get out of that and go into the real world you know, center yourself. And this is how you do it. You want to see God, you want to feel God. It's in the trees. It's in nature. It's there. It's, it's there for all of you. I do believe that that's a very powerful, powerful perspective and a hundred percent true. And you're stuck on that. Right. But it's like I said earlier with the Chabad thing, there's always that, but, but the reality is that we are in the loop of looking at our device all day. Maybe not me. I may have changed my life six months ago, a year ago, and I do it less. And I'm in gym more. Talk about the claw, our kids. So there's an ideal and then there's a reality. The ideal, yes. Because again, you're just going back to what I keep saying. Me and you are listening to the truth. But the kids. I am not. I'm listening and I'm watching as, you know, possibly even more than my kids as a way to escape and to get away. You know, um, I, I feel it. I know what that's well, like. What I mean, but the the people, let's say if, if, if Laser Brody said stuff like that, for example, you're listening to the truth. They're not listening to the truth. And maybe you're not doing anything about it. But that's my point. There's an ideal. We know the truth because we're listening to the lectures. But then there's the reality. The reality is that the kids are looking at a screen. So if you don't deal with that reality and you just keep talking about the ideal, then you're not catering catering to everyone looking at the screen because they don't care about your ideal. I was there 17 years ago. I remember it like yesterday. So it doesn't matter if you push Torah and lectures and ideas down my throat. I don't care. I want to watch Jackie Chan. No, no, no. I'm not saying that they should listen to Rabbi Brody. I'm saying they should 
I listen, I I don't know. My kids are amazing. They teach me. They really teach me. And they've I, I mean, you know my family, <laughs> you know what we're all like. We all we are all, you know, high energy, all over the place, ADHD. And um and all of my kids have have had significant struggles along with my husband and I, you know, whatever it is, the real world we are, you know. To me, this is the real world. You know, I'm sure there's functioning families out there, but we do the best with what we have. And there's a lot of love and and we're all trying to grow. But my kids are the ones who really paved the way and, and are incredible. I don't know why I'm saying this. Absolutely. Um, kudos to your kids. Shout, shout out to uh, Dove Beer. Let me not, let me not um, make them famous. <laughs> Yeah. But the other ones will get assaulted that okay. I didn't mention their name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%, by the way. You're saying Laser Brody, for example, and, and the people we listen to are giving us the answer. The answer is actually changing our life. You know, it's incredible that the our biggest problems have the simplest answers. And it's almost unthinkable that we need people like our mentors, even Andrew Tate, to tell us basic, logical things. Don't do this. Go do that. Work hard. Really, I need somebody to tell me to go work hard. Yes, because we've we've gotten ourselves into such a oddball lifestyle with technology and everything, and comfortable houses, and hardly any war in the places that we live. Yeah, like we're just forgetting that we have to like just go work hard. But this, what I mean is, that's an ideal. Most people are not doing that. Most people are not in the park. I'm in the park. Most people here right now in the Muncie are not in the park. They're in their house. So if most people are in the house, how do you combat that? By just pushing the the message that you should be in the park, it'll work with some people who are ready to hear that. The majority of people won't. They won't even listen to it. So it's a notion of how do you work with the segment that... And I don't think Andrew Tate is, is the gateway, like you're saying. <laughs> That's my own personal opinion. That he's what? That he's not the gateway stepping stone to something better. No, no, no. I think he's a better alternative to the transgender um, influencer. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. Everything's everything's a everything's a gate. Black and white, right? So most kids that are coming from Orthodox homes or any type of religion, they're not as exposed to all this, except through social media. But they still look at that and they're like, "There's something off about that." They're not really attracted yeah. to. But the thing is, they, but but it is becoming more popular. It's so. blurred right isn't that what we're talking about it's confusing because he's saying good things but on the other hand he's you know it, you can feel it you can just feel and i the impurity reeking off of oh him. for sure to me that's more confusing for a child almost you know forget about it, andrew tate for a moment so blurred. forget about andrew it's true his because that's his demeanor and everything about him but and i i believe he needs to he needs that much energy it's like people detest trump people like these types can't do what they do if they aren't in a certain sense reprehensible characters um so again i i compartmentalize i don't have an issue with that but think about the notion of a gateway in general if you're on social media and you get caught up in transgender influencers which there are a lot of them um it's just like they say like weed is a gateway drug and people argue it is, it isn't, but the chances are you'll do weed before you'll do cocaine. So if if that's the argument, you could say that that's, for that reason alone, it's a gateway. When you listen to one transgender 
uh, individual expressing themselves, the, the algorithm will feed you more and you go down that rabbit hole. If you are listening to Andrew Tate and, and he's talking about getting rich and having money and buying cars, and you might go down the influencer ra- um, rabbit hole of money, success. The, if you will think about those as gateways, you would rather your child is watching videos about success than transgender. Because at 25 years old, one child wants to actually change their gender, and the other one is dreaming about being Bezos. Even though he'll never become Bezos, it's a more kosher dream than changing your gender. Um, everything is a gateway. Um, whatever. I don't know if that's true, by the way. Is it? Is it better? I believe it's better, yes. Um, and again, I understand that I'm also outside like walking that thin line because other people can't i don't it's almost impossible for fully religious airlift people to agree with me but if people like me don't say stuff like that and there's nobody sticking up or understanding how far children are from airlift i understand how far they are because i was there somebody has to kind of understand and, and create a little bit of a uh, balance or whatever. I hear, wait, can I add in my own teenager and let's hear what they really think? Sure. Hey, okay. hey, hey. From the horse's mouth. Let what us are you hear doing? from the horse's mouth. What are you doing at a school? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's this your name? Introduce Tzvi. yourself. Uh, I'm Tzvi, I'm 15, and I learn in a Tarzan. Hi, Tzvi. Nice to meet you. Everybody give a round of applause for Tzvi. Woo-hoo. Tzvi, do you listen to Andrew Tate? No, I do not. I do not like the man. If, 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 your, if your mother told you that you couldn't listen to Andrew Tate, would it make you want to listen to him more? Would it make me not? No. I'm not a big fan of Andrew Tate. Because no. I, I think like first he's saying a lot of his stuff just to be recognized and be famous. So people know who he is. By the way, I have not prepped him at all. Okay. I've been in the writer house. I know how the parents uh, uh, indoctrinate their children. (laughs) A lot of brainwashing. But hey, see, it worked on this one. Where's the other one? (laughs) He's my pretty one. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. that. It's nice here. I imagine King David had hair like that. He wants to cut it so it's like a mohawk. Thing. No, it's not. It's not. What no. he really wants is to go to Oman this year. He would love <clears> to go to Oman. You want to go to Oman with me? <laughs> I'm offering you as a chaperone. Yeah. Wait, I have one more teenager for you. Let's hear that. Shimon. <laughs> this is really the, the only important part of your podcast is actually hearing from the kids, maybe. Yeah, well, we'll have to start Too all long. over. Did you ever like Andrew Tate? Yeah, I did. I used to listen to him a lot. Yeah, uh, Wait, come sit down for a second. Say hi to Nate. Hey, hey, yeah. hey. What's going on, Shim? Just sit down. For one second. Where's Moshe outside? Okay, just I want to know what you think about Andrew Tate. Like, he gives good lessons about like getting money, having a business, but about women, it's like not the best of kids. Ah, oh, you see the Chachma there? He knows how to differentiate. Who would have thought? One of those why I don't like Andrew Tate, because this man is talking about success, like about being a real man. 
and about like all of the manlyhood of being a man with that. Oh my god. Wait, we're gonna get everyone's opinion. What's up? Okay. Who is that? Is that hey, what's going on? And tell, wait, um, Ephraim, Ephraim, have you ever listened to Andrew Tate? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What do you think of him? This is Tate, I love Tom. Can I bring my rap? Can I give my thoughts about Andrew Tate? Yes. Yalla. I think, um, wait, in English, English, English. My thoughts about Andrew Tate is a lot of the stuff he's saying is true. They're trying to destroy masculinity.